Welcome to Ministry in Motion, where we explore best practices for your ministry in the 21st century. If you're a pastor, an elder, or somebody doing ministry, Ministry in Motion is for you. And today's topic is comprehensive urban ministry. And our guest is Wes Vai. Wes, thanks so much for, for joining us on Ministry in Motion. Yeah, thanks for having me. Now, you're in Allentown in Pennsylvania. Yes. And your church, well, it's not a church, is no, it? It's not. Okay, correct me. <laughs> it's a center of influence. Yes. Now, what's the difference between a center of influence and a church? Um, really, it comes down to a center of influence is a tool um, that the, a church body can use to have a point in a community uh, that kind of strips away maybe some of that, that barrier that a church building or the church idea would put up uh, so that we can connect with people uh, in a way uh, that maybe we couldn't do if we were just, a, a, you know, the church on the corner. So it gives us access to a different segment of the population. Okay. And how did you start your ministry? Um, well, the ministry kind of grew out of uh, the Pennsylvania Conference realizing that 86% of, of the people in Pennsylvania had moved into cities. And, and so um, with that in mind, thinking, okay, where are we going? How are we going to you know, make the best impact in this, in this area? Um, they've started doing a number of things, and simplicity was really an outgrowth of their desire to find out um, how they could enter the cities. And so uh, from that, uh, the Lord just connected us, and I'm so thankful that he did. Okay. Now, just tell us briefly just a little of what you do. If you could just give us a, a survey of, <laughs> well, of your ministry. There's so much, so it's really difficult. But door-to-door um, -door work is the foundation. Uh, connecting with people, uh, developing meaningful relationships is really uh, the central theme of what we do. Uh, we do that through a number of ways, uh, through health ministries, through children's ministries, through um, Bible studies, through small groups. Um, we're starting an exercise group. So whatever way we can find that the community feels that they would need some, some help in their daily life, then we look for a way that we can minister that need uh, and make a spiritual connection. Okay, let me just ask you. So when somebody goes door to door mm -hmm. and health is the focus, do you just have one focus when you go door to door or do you have offer options? Yeah, and that's, we don't, we have multiple options. And really we've, we've crafted our door approach and, and I'm so excited about how the Lord has led us away from a survey and just driving at a singular point uh, to, a, to a conversational model where when we, when we knock on the door, we say, hi, we're from Simplicity Outreach and we have a vision for communities that are healthy and whole. Um, would you like to be healthier mentally, physically, emotionally, or spiritually? And, and so they're going to respond one of those ways. And then from there, we just start a conversation with them. And as we hear what it is that, that they're you know, concerned about in their life or where they're interested, uh, then we make the connection of what are the different programs we have that would be meaningful for them and invite them just to that specifically. So it's not just you know, a buckshot approach. We, we try to hone it in specifically to the individual. Yeah. Now, door-to-door -door work is probably not for everyone. Right. Um, and it's, it, it, it's, it's a, a, a tough journey. So what, what's the response been like in Allentown when you and your team have gone door-to-door? -door? Yeah, I'll tell you that, that in my past I've done, you know, going looking for Bible studies and, and the response is, is drastically different. Uh, when you come with this interest in the person, uh, we find that people are a lot more open. Um, you know, there's still going to be that person every now and then that's going to be in a bad mood and is going to, you know, shut the door. But, but a, sig a significant, there's a significant difference in the response that we get. People are open uh, when you tell them that you're looking for a way to serve them. 
um, and, and as they understand that there's no strings attached to that, it really opens them up and, and gives us some great opportunities. I think that's a critical point when you're going there to serve mm -hmm. rather than to sell or, or something like right. that. That's a, a critical thing. So what, what are some of the, have you got an example of, uh -huh. you know, so how some people responded to, to an invitation? Oh yeah, so there's um, a lady named Michelle and, uh, and we've been uh, building our relationship with her for about nine months now. And when we met her at the door, um, she, she said she really doesn't even know why she answered it to begin with. Mm -hmm. um, but she's also told us that if we were just there asking for Bible study, she would have immediately shut it. But when she heard that we were interested in the community, she, she decided to listen a little bit. And, and it just so happened, she was going through a really tough time uh, at that point and really needed something, terrible time she was going through. And as they talked, she decided to open up to them, told them a little bit of what was going on in her life, and they asked to pray for her. And when they did, she says the Holy Spirit fell on her. She was not a Christian at the time. She didn't believe in prayer. She just didn't want to be rude when they asked for prayer. And it's totally changed her life. The course of her life has completely altered. And, and now she says, you know, I used to think it was so weird when people just wanted to talk about Jesus, but now it's like all I want to do because it's just so amazing what he's done for me. Um, and he stepped in in her life in such a powerful way. And that wouldn't have happened if we had not been coming with that approach of, you know, we want to serve. Can you help us figure out how we can best serve? Wow. Yeah. Now, what would you say to somebody who's thinking about doing this mm -hmm. and just wondering whether they're cut out for it or what, what would you say to encourage them? Um, you know, when we look at, at the church as Christ's body on earth and we see that there's, there's different parts and they have different purposes. Mm -hmm. um, the thing that I love about this type of ministry is that there's a place for everyone. And so if you, if you have a heart to serve, um, look at, at where God has gifted you. Look at where your strengths are. Um, look at where your passions are. And then ask God, how could I use this for someone? How could I use what you've given me to be a blessing to someone? It doesn't have to be door to door. It doesn't have to be giving a Bible study. It doesn't have to be children's ministry. Um, you know, one of the examples I like to use, if you're a plumber and, and you're willing to go and help someone fix their broken toilet, um, and, and with the mindset that I want them to know that I'm sacrificing what God has given me because God sacrificed everything he had for me and I want you to be able to understand that in a tangible way, wow. then God can use that and he can change lives. That's fantastic. So your center of influence, mm -hmm. simplicity, it's, it's bigger than just door-to-door -door work. Yes. Run through some of the other things that you do. Um, we have uh, job search assistance. We do benefits checkup to help people qualify and apply for uh, welfare benefits, uh, state and federal. We have small groups. We do cooking classes. We do uh, exercise club. Um, man, I just get going and I start to lose track. We do a lot of, a lot yes. of things. And so you've got a team of about 200 people, have you? Uh, no. <laughs> I'd love to have a team of 200 people. If you can send me some, I'd love to have them. Um, no, we only have uh, six young adults. Uh, is our core team. And then we get support from, from the community. Um, and that's a really big piece of what we do. We let the community come alongside us and engage with us in ministry. Um, whether they're a Christian or a Muslim, and we do have a Muslim that participates with us, um, or an atheist. Um, if they want to serve the community, we look for a way to do that. Uh, so we rely on that. We also rely on local churches to bring volunteers in as well. Wow. That's inspirational, Wes. Now, 
I'd like to explore with you a little more about, because you're not from Allentown to begin with in no. Pennsylvania. Yeah. I'd like to explore how you actually started up this whole ministry and how you emerged on the scene there. Okay. And uh, we'll do that straight after this break. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today is comprehensive urban ministry and our guest is Wes Vi. Now Wes, we, we learned earlier in the program that you're at Allentown in Pennsylvania mm -hmm. and you're not a, an original person from Allentown. No, I'm not. How long have you been there for? Uh, I've been there for just uh, about two years. Right, okay. Now walk us through how you entered into the, the ministry at, at Allentown okay. and um, how you really launched and, and kicked off this center of influence. Okay. Um, you know, we started with door to door. We talked about that. Yeah. Um, we went initially with a survey asking the community what their needs were. We had some open-ended questions about the safety of the community and, and things that they would like to see happen there, along with some different like check boxes of programs. That was our initial start. Uh, so we could kind of get a feel for what the community felt they would need. Um, then from there, we actually started trying to build relationships in the community. And this is probably one of the, the most direct paths to get a feel for how you can serve your community is to look for like neighborhood organizations, um, other nonprofits in the area. Um, what, what kind of neighborhood organizations are you looking for? Um, in a lot of cities, the, the, the city will have uh, itself divided into neighborhoods and each neighborhood will have a committee of residents from that area that will get together every so often to talk about what's going on in the neighborhood. So they're literally called neighborhood associations. Um, there'll be someone at City Hall, there'll be a community planner or a community organizer that you could contact at City Hall if, if you can't find information. Uh, like a local coffee shop, you would probably see a flyer um, for, for the organization. But there'll be someone at City Hall that kind of communicates with all of those groups. You can connect to them and they can tell you how to, when they meet, where they meet, uh, and give you some names and numbers. Um, or you can just walk into other, other nonprofits in the area. And that just takes a little, little looking, a little research, a little mindfulness as you're walking around the neighborhood, around your church, or around the area that you want to serve. Um, if, you, if you start looking for it, you'll see all these things that you didn't see before. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of times these different little like nonprofits that serve the communities, uh, they fall through the cracks. You don't notice them on a day-to-day -day basis. But they can give you a lot of insight into what's happening in the community. And that's a, a quicker path than knocking on, you know, we knocked on 6,000 doors in the first three months. Wow. So that's the, the quicker way is to go to the community leaders and, uh, leaders and and we believe that it's necessary to do both because we've found that the leaders don't always have the correct pulse, um, but they can give you a good idea. And then it's also helpful to find out what else is being done. So you may have a burden to do a cooking class as a church, but if you take the time to look around, you may already find that there's three other community centers or other churches or just other organizations doing cooking classes in the neighborhood already, and you're just going to be part of the noise. Mm -hmm. Whereas if maybe you looked at doing a tutoring program, uh, maybe that's a need in the community that's not being met, and you could be the show, um, the, the main uh, provider for something like that, and that would give you a much greater impact, and it would really focus you in uh, in a way that you can minister effectively. Wow, okay. Well, I'm, I'm still mind-blown by the, the amount of uh, resources that you and, and six volunteers put together. Um, so you, you 
Door knock 6,000 doors. Yeah, we're, we're, we're up to 10,000 now. Okay, <laughs> moved on to 10,000. Okay. And you, you contacted the, the, the community leaders. Mm -hmm. How did you position yourself with those community leaders? What, what did you say to them that your ministry or your mission was about? Um, you know, the interesting thing is when we started out, we were still trying to find ourselves. Um, and this has been a really dynamic process. Um, you know, now where we, what we say we're about is we want to be the people that, that meet the person where they're at and help them to connect to the resources that are already available and then provide those that are missing. So that's what I tell people when I'm meeting for them. Our goal is that if we can find someone who's providing uh, resources for the community, then we want to be the people that knock on that door, find out what that need is and say, hey, we can help you. And what we found is that's just as effective as meeting the need yourself. Yeah. Um, and obviously in a spiritual context, we, we, you know, we're mindful of, you know, if it's a spiritual need, we're going to meet that ourselves, but, but physical needs, um, we do that. And we talk with the leaders in the community. Um, I'm open about my faith. Um, yeah. I'm open that I'm a Christian. And, and communities, especially now, um, there, I, I think there seems to have been a little bit of a trend away from wanting to have faith-based organizations involved in the public sector. But now with the financial uh, climate as it is, the cities, especially in Allentown, uh, the city has a special uh, assistant to the mayor specifically for coordinating faith-based organizations. And so he, and I would expect other cities have that as well. So he lets us know what's going on in the city. And, uh, and we just tell him, look, we, we want to be here to help. And the cities are looking uh, for, that health, for that help from faith-based organizations and churches. Wow, so they're very receptive to this. Yes, in most yeah, cases. They yeah, are. that's encouraging. Yeah. Okay. So after meeting with the, the leaders, uh -huh. um, working together, what was the next step after that? The next step was finding the resources to, to, to meet the needs that came up. Um, so for us, the big five, number one was uh, after school and children's programs. Uh, two, three, and four were all health-related, either education on Western diseases, obesity, cancer, uh, heart disease, uh, diabetes, how to overcome that, cooking classes, um, and stop smoking programs. And the, excuse me, um, the fifth one was um, parenting. So those were our top five responses we got from our initial survey. Um, so then you start looking for how can we meet those needs, and we looked at the other things that came in close behind. Um, and we start looking within the church to find people who can volunteer uh, to help with that. We start looking in the community for people that, that might want to volunteer. We're actually starting an ESL class next week. Um, and we came up with that idea because we knew it was a need. But then we started having people saying, hey, if you ever did an ESL class, I'd love to volunteer to teach that. And so you find your volunteers, you find your, your resources from within the community, within the church. And, and pull them together to, to do what you can. Okay, so you've, you've got the resources, you've got the expertise, mm -hmm. and then you've got the people with the needs, right. and you put those together. Mm -hmm. I presume that the next step would be building relationships yes. with, with those people. And to me, that's one of the most critical points. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. What we'll do is I'd like to explore that with you in some detail okay. and we'll come back to that. Okay. So we'll be back with more of Wes Vi and the Centre of Influence at Allentown in Pennsylvania right after this break.
Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our program today is Comprehensive Urban Ministry. And I've got to tell you, I'm amazed at how comprehensive Wes Vi and his team have put together this ministry up in Allentown in Pennsylvania. Wes, we, before the break, we were talking about how you put skilled people with their resources mm -hmm. together with people with needs uh -huh. for the, the goal of building relationships with the community. Tell us about how you build those relationships with the, with the people in the community. Yeah, the really foundational to, to doing this work in, in my mind is that we keep in front of us the reason why we're doing it. And that is for me, I had an experience with Jesus. He changed my life. And otherwise, there's any number of things I could be doing. I could be making more money. I could be living with my, near my family and my friends. Uh, but, the, but God did something so amazing in my life, and I want to share that, and I want people to be able to see that. And that's a really critical piece to remember, that the reason that we're doing this is not just to help someone for the purpose of helping them, but we're helping them for the purpose that they can experience in a, in a, in a meaningful way, a practical way, the love of God so that we can build, a, they can trust us, that we can build a relationship with them so that ultimately we can lead them to know Jesus for themselves. And so everything that we do, we look for that way. How do we connect to that person? We do it in a number of ways. Um, one is through regular visitation. Um, even at the doors, if someone doesn't immediately connect with us, we cycle back through the neighborhoods. It's not a one and done thing. Okay. Um, and we keep records so we know what we prayed with people about at the doors. Um, we know if their kids are involved with us. And so we go back just to follow, how are you doing? You were mentioning that your son was in Iraq and, you know, is he safe? You know, has he come home yet? Um, just showing interest for, yeah. for, for, for people. And people are appreciating Oh, that? absolutely. People wow. love that. Wow. Um, and, and when we're interacting with people, having that perspective that we're looking for, how can we connect with them? So that means that if they come in for a job search, let's say, um, and our volunteer is sitting there with them at his computer and he's doing their resume and he's talking with them and he finds out something's going on in their life. Let's just say, for an example, that um, maybe they got sick and uh, you know, their main breadwinner in the home got sick and, and this, this month they're running tight on food. Um, then he'll let our missionaries know and so we can follow up and, and, and help them. We have a small supply. We don't have a full-on food pantry. We'd love to, but we don't have the space. Mm. Um, or we can connect with them in that way. And so when someone sees that, hey, I was over here looking for a job, and then they heard that I had this other need, and then they just showed up to do that. It's really meaningful. And people have a hard time connecting that. There was one lady that uh, we met at the door and, you know, was telling her, you know, we, we want to serve. How can we help you? And she said, oh, you, you don't mean that. You know, no one just comes around just wanting to help people. Said, no, really, try us, try us out, see. And so she started telling us what was going on in her life, and um, she didn't have money to do laundry. Um, they were actually heating up their last cup of noodles, and this was in the middle of the month, and they were going to be out of food. Um, their apartment was infested with bed bugs, and their landlord refused to do anything about it. Wow. Um, it was a one-room apartment with her and her boyfriend and her granddaughter living with them, and. Um, and she, she told us later, she said, I never thought I'd see you again. Um, I just, I, you left and I said, whatever, they're not coming back. Um, the next day, the missionary went back with a bag of groceries um, and, and said, hey, I'm going to come get you in a couple of days and take you over to a local church and we'll do your laundry. And she went and sat with her for four and a half hours or five hours uh, while they did all of their laundry for the three of them 
Uh, everything they owned was dirty. Four hours sitting in the basement of a church doing laundry with them. Um, and then as we realized that the landlord was unwilling to do anything for them, um, we, we started reaching out to some, some friends we had in the community looking for someone who'd be willing to make a donation so that we could get her into a different apartment. Um, she had the income, but not enough for the deposit. So we found someone who was willing to get her a deposit, got her into a different apartment. Um, that depth of connection um, is so meaningful. And sometimes that doesn't turn out to someone sitting in, in, the, in the church on the weekend. Sometimes that doesn't directly correlate to a Bible study. Um, but what it does is it expresses the same kind of love that God has for us, that we're willing to invest in your life uh, for no other reason than that you're in need and and it's going to be meaningful to you. That's what God does for us in the gospel. And so um, making that, that kind of connection um, is really powerful. Um, we have, uh, through our children's program, uh, we have um, parents that we go, every week we go back and we visit the families of the kids uh, to remind them of what's coming up so they'll actually be there, uh, but also as an opportunity to let the parents get to see us put a face with the name, and so we can kind of scope things out and, and look for ways that we can. And we found at times, um, we found a family that had just moved here from the Bahamas uh, right as winter was hitting. And so here it is, a family of four. They've come from the Bahamas where there's no need for a coat or shoes that are closed or pants or long sleeve shirts. And so they literally had nothing for the winter. And this has been a brutal winter for us. And so... Um, our volunteers, a couple of our uh, community people heard about this and said, we're going to do something. And so we started collecting. We ordered them uh, some coats and uh, online and got some clothes together and, and some shoes and took it over to them. Um, and that has opened the door for us in, in just an amazing way. We had another lady that we found out that she wasn't going to have Christmas presents for her kids. Unfortunately, we found out after Christmas. Um, so we went as soon as we got back from our Christmas break, because all of our missionaries are, are transplants as well, so they went home. Uh, went to her house and to drop off some toys for her kid, totally unexpected. We had only met her one time. It was actually a friend of a friend that we had been connecting with. And we, we said, hey, we heard that, that you weren't able to have presents for your kids, so we brought you some toys that you can give to them for Christmas. And that started a conversation where this lady began to open up to um, the missionaries that were there and actually started saying, you know, I have some questions about the Bible. Um, would you be willing to study the Bible with me? And, and profound uh, questions that she had, stuff that had to have been weighing on her heart uh, for so long. And now she's found this outlet because some people that know a friend of hers heard that she was in need, came over, she saw that she could trust us, and now she can have rest from that burden as our missionaries go and share with her and help her to understand God's plan for her life. Wes, this is just an extraordinary story. And, and what I'm capturing from this is that you and your team have an extraordinary love for God and an extraordinary love for people. Mm -hmm. And that comprehensive ministry is, is not just offering the, the community a comprehensive menu of ministry, right. but it's providing comprehensive care for people. Yes. You know, love in action in so many ways. Yes. This is an exciting journey and we just wish you every rich and good and heavenly blessing upon your ministry. Thank you. Thanks so much for coming to share. Thanks thank for having you. me. Yeah. And we want to thank you for joining us on Ministry in Motion as well. We'd like to invite you to visit our website, www.ministryinmotion.tv. There you can see all of the programs we've ever produced. But join us next time 
on Ministry in Motion, where we have plenty more in store. <laughs>